The views and opinions expressed on Smack My Pitch Up are those of the panelists and not those of GUI Network, their sponsors, or any of the properties mentioned. Listener discretion is advised. This podcast is rated R for violence, language, and nudity. Well, it's a podcast, so you won't see the nudity. I just do it to make the guest uncomfortable. In a world gone mad with unnecessary reboots, remakes, and sequels, only one podcast has the guts to make it even worse. This is Smack My Pitch Up. And welcome to another episode of Smack My Pitch Up, the podcast that reboots, remakes, reimagines sequels and sidequels, some of your favorite and least favorite properties from film, television, and what have you. And thank you so much for tuning in to the return of the geek father himself, Scotty P. Ooh, what's up? It's been a little bit. Yeah, we were just talking about that, and I, I'm glad I at least remembered something from technically last year. That right. was good, uh, but yeah, you know, yeah, your uh, your last time on was before time became a flat circle, and we basically uh, lost yeah. our entire minds and abilities to determine length of time on anything. Oh, dude, and I couldn't do that anyway. So having a whole year of the timeline being fucked, I was fucked. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> it was my wife hates me even more because of that now. Because I'm like, yeah, it happened like six months ago. No, we were quarantined. Oh. Okay. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> well, it's the great unifier that everybody ended up not being able to tell time and figure True. out what's I, up. But uh, we're, we're happy to have you back. I mean, hell, this is a, a great yes. subject to be talking about Very right much. before the 4th of July. Well, and uh, and because people party on the 4th of July, it kind of goes with it, too. I, I still find it funny that on the intro, you still have talking about being nude during the shows. Like, it actually bothers us at this point. <laughs> right. Like, we're not just like, put your mangina away. It's okay. Yeah, we're we're very close to a hundred episodes of Smack My Pitch Up. If if nudity was a thing, I've been doing this whole time. Nobody's going to really care anymore. No, no. And you know what? Another lovely segue, just because I've I've been fine tuning my segue skills oh, just excellent. a little bit, is later by by the end of summer, Geek Fathers episode number one hundred will be recorded and released. That's amazing. Yes, I'm so excited. we're rounding uh, hundreds for. A few of the shows in the network, actually. I Quite think. a bit, um, yes. Smack My Pitch Up is is getting into the 90s right now, so right. We're, we're not too far away. We've got Mouse of Madness, I think, isn't too far off, I think. Yeah. Disasters, I think, isn't that far away. No, but the, but they've also had more breaks, unfortunately. True, true. Um, and uh, Geek Fathers actually would be there already, but we put our timeline every other week instead of weekly episodes. Well, and that's what we've been running into, which I wanted to mention to the listeners as well, is that it's been a couple weeks since we've released an episode. And we are doing the every others now where there's the short list and then there's the regular full length right. guests and uh, been dealing with n- nothing too crazy, but just like life stuff that has prevented uh, the ability to record and everything. So, I mean, everything's good. Nothing, nothing to worry about. Honestly, but. it gives you it gives us a breath of air, which makes it more fun to do the episodes. Well, it's one of those that, if you you're know, dealing with like real life stuff. 
that requires your for sure attention then it's harder to find the time to especially a show like this where have, have you listened to my show <laughs> right <laughs> i mean it's <laughs> uh it, it does require a, l- a little bit of a creativity and forethought to to do these episodes so when you're dealing with like important has to happen now stuff you know, right occasionally you get a little bit behind so apologies for the delays but we're not going anywhere still still Put out the content strong. that you expect. Absolutely. So thanks for bearing with us, but we're we're going to try to get back into the regular proper form of every week release. Fair and enough. Stuff on the show. Fair so, enough. And I'm happy to do that with uh, Scotty P from Geek Fathers. Yay! Uh, definitely check that out at GUIPodcast.com or just look up Geek Fathers uh, a- anywhere you uh, find your podcast. Truth. Yeah. So, truth, truth. Um, the subject in hand th- this uh, episode As is, you mentioned, 4th of July. 4th of July is uh, right on the brink here. And to celebrate it in uh, proper form, we are going with the, I believe, 2000, well, 2004, I think, is when the first one came out, or five? E- four. Yeah, four th- sounds right. You know, out of all these notes I have, That's I did not, not write yeah, down the year right. it was released. Uh, we're talking National Treasure. Uh, which uh, is a biopic about Nicolas Cage, uh, because he is in fact a national treasure. Because let well, amen. Yeah. First off, and this is as you know, because only Nick Cage can Nick Cage. Yeah. So we will try to do a proper episode about this movie, but but we might go on long diatribes about Nicolas Cage as well, because that fair. is is wants to happen even on stuff not related to Nicolas Cage. So amen. Thanks for joining. I'm Mike the Hobbit, your host. For National Treasure, it is a Disney property, and it yes. has all the elements of a Disney movie. It's uh, grandiose in scale. It's it's got this epic nature, but it's still very approachable to uh, to a, a major audience. You're getting yes. get kids in there. It's PG thirteen, but it's only just barely PG thirteen. I think. I think only because they they have guns, but nobody actually gets shot. I don't think, and nobody dies. Yeah, it's, it's so, one of those that it's barely PG thirteen. Yeah, there's slight violence, if you will. Th- there's that stray fuck you can say PG thirteen that was just left in the wings unused. True. Yes. Yes. And you know Nicholas Cage can yell fuck pretty well, and they just did not let he, him. He doesn't this. even have to yell it. He, no. I I bet you with his acting, I, because I don't think fuck was actually used in the movie, was it? No. I think so, they said shit once. Maybe. Maybe I think they said shit, but. but I, could be wrong. I bet you there's an outtake of Nicolas Cage yelling fuck. Oh, very possibly. I guarantee it. I'm going to steal the fucking Declaration of Independence. Damn right. And they, they, were, they were like, Nick, <laughs> wait. You got to calm down. On. D- Disney is watching. <laughs> you He's know, like, have you ever shit blood? And they're like, okay, yeah. all right. <laughs> Actually, can I go in? I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go I, I mean, because I, I made sure to write down the whole, whole quote. And okay. because when I say, when Nicolas Cage... Does Nicolas Cage, when Nick Cage, Nick Cage's. Yeah. This was the one line that sets it off and pretty near the beginning. It's it's before the halfway mark. But when he it's when he first, uh, well, not first meets her, but he's at the, the gala to like set up the, the sure. distraction to steal. And he's talking with Abigail Chase, the, who will, of course, become the love interest and everything. And they're talking about history. And he says, oh, that's the time where had we lost the war... They would have been hanged. Talking about the people who signed the oh, declaration. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and had we lost the war, they would have been hanged, beheaded, drawn and quartered, and got a picture of Nicolas Cage because I will not yep. do it justice. Oh, my personal favorite had their entrails cut out and 
burned. And as he says burned, gets in her face literally about an inch from her nose. Like he fully does the burned from the wicker man of like, how did this get burned? Like oh, he does and that you burn. can totally see his hair weave bounce. That fucking the hair plugs in that movie are serious business. Dude, that's when you know you have Disney money. <laughs> <laughs> Disney movie Disney money gives you all the Nick Cage hair plugs. See, Disney spends $5 million on a Grogu puppet that looks super realistic and makes the entire world fall in love with it. True. They spent $12 on Nicolas Cage's plugs. They're like, fuck it, nobody cares. But have you seen the other hair plugs in his other movies? Sure, true. I That's mean, true. it's still more than the other budgets. Sci-fi original movie money. That, ooh, ooh, that, that, that old sci-fi channel yeah. money. Yeah. It is funny that you do see in a number of scenes in this uh, movie, and I, I agree that that might be the most Cage that he's allowed to go. Oh, for in sure. The movie when he's burned, he just he kind of just jumps out. He pulls it back in, like, oh, sorry. Oh. Hold on, breathe. Yeah, and scene and scene. Yes, and there's so many other scenes where he's just about to go. You can see him almost like vibrating because the cage is trying to break out. Oh, yes, yes. And then he just pulls it back in and just does that little slug <laughs> face that he does throughout this entire fucking movie. Right. I mean, he still pulls off some great little one-liners like "shush, I'm thinking." Oh, he's. <laughs> Just the amount of just like, will she not shut up that he does yeah. in this movie? He, he almost gets the operatic like, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's beautiful. It is also such a glorifying role for Nicolas Cage to like fit into where he, he self-glorifies in such a way that this character is perfect for him, where the whole thing is that this is the smartest guy in this room. He's the most yes. knowledgeable of American history. He's the guy that like uh, Willem Dafoe in Boondock Saints Everybody just stops and looks at him when he's working out stuff like it's a 1966 Batman clue. Right. Where he's like, a rope starts with an R, and R is also the the letter used for Republican Party, and this president was a Republican, which means that it's at this house of state. That the thing is, it's that kind of weird connective tissue. Yes. Like it's a fucking 66 Batman episode. And But he flows with it still. He does. That's that's the whole thing. Like you, you think of some other actors that could pull it off, and that, that's why, like, if you know this show, why I, I I chose certain people for a reason, obviously. Yeah. But Nick Cage, Nick Caging on American history, man. American history. Yeah. And it's, it's such a different kind of vibe than the standard American fair of America. Fuck yeah, because most of that's like big yeah explosions, like America's strong and free. Um, this is more. Kind of that grandiose, you know, the the idea of the great experiment of the United States is a thing to be honored and appreciated. Right. And they do a pretty good job of giving you those, like, tingles of our founding fathers and what they stood for and all that thing. Uh, well, but, it, it, it ties to the Indiana Jones. It belongs in a museum, yeah. you know, for, for, the greater, for the greater good of the people, not for, I'm going to sell this for $5 million. No, it belongs in a museum, you know, so. Like, if, if Indiana Jones had like gratuitous sex with Noah Wiley in the librarians that wow that really bad Indiana Jones knockoff. Oh yeah. You'd get they made a whole series on that shit too. Yes. Oh yeah. But you yeah. get Ben Gates uh in National Treasure. Oh my it's, god, it's Ben mix- Gates is the love child of that. Holy yeah. shit. One hundred percent. He's like the nice in between. Wow. <laughs> that I'm I know what I'm jerking off to tonight. Right? I mean I do love that the beginning of this movie, they're like whack jobs. The 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 Gates right. family that nobody believes them. They're on this. They're they're known as the treasure hunting family that believes in this crazy myth 
Well, let, let let me say this for as much as the love is there for Nick Cage about and how, of course, grandioso the certain shit happens and how yeah. they do stuff throughout this movie. The initial plot and had the setup of this was actually really superb writing. Yeah. Like to, to show that like the Gates is not a, you know, that's not the name that you want to say to anybody. He's Mr. Brown when he first goes to talk sure. to somebody, you know, or does. And the the whole talking of. Well, we went to the FBI, but that's where we lost them there about this part here sure, of the sure, weird sure. plan. Oh, but that's where we lost national security on this even weirder part of the plan. They at least listened to us for five more minutes. Well, part of that is having the nice uh, sidekick character that is able to play in that space. Riley. Really well, and yeah. Riley, uh, Justin Baratha, uh, or Bartha is the actor. Yeah. And I know I've seen him in other stuff. He's a great character actor. He d- does kind of the same type of character. He to me he is a great supporting actor. The the only main like the main thing I can think of, he's the guy that gets locked up on the roof in The Hangover. Oh right. Yep. He's the groom that they lost. Yep. So he wasn't even in 90% of the movie. Oh, the first movie. He was in the, the fir- Was he in the second one? I kind of watched the other sequels, so it was sort of like, "Oh, you're you're hungover again and you forgot what happened last night. I don't remember what the cool. second hangover movie was. It was basically the same as the first one. So. Hey, well, that's my point. Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't know. <laughs> but so. I, I like the actor. I, th- I think he's great. And no, he does he a does great a job great job. This. Absolutely. Uh, and But the, the hard part of this movie is that, A, do you try to do the same story and then do you do the same clues to get to the end? Or do you try to create a new thing that they're looking for? Do you do a sequel? Do you uh, try to really cast someone else as a Nicolas Cage role, which is always difficult, period. Right. And and that's, again, that's why, like, my choices that I made on this, and even my thought process, I went with more of a remake okay. um, decision, because they do have National Treasure 2. Yes, they do. That is a thing, uh, which, of course, goes, that, that storyline is the one that goes ab- oh, above and beyond. Oh, that's wackadoo. Yeah, that that's, super wackadoo. that's, so you're, you know, because you, well, first off, you're attacking the family again. You know, for he, they helped kill Abraham Lincoln. You know, it's like, there's really your, I'll see your scene in the gala where, when they're about to steal the declaration of independence. And I will raise you the scene in national treasure two, where they're trying to get something written on the side of the mini statue of Liberty. That's in front of the Eiffel tower. And with, with like a drone, and I'm talking like a 2007 era drone. Yeah. And there's two bicycle cops from French bicycle cops that stop them. And, basically end up helping them figure out like the clues and one of them I forgot is, about uh, that. the dude uh what's his face from rested development that had the the hook hand um is oh one, really is one of the bike cops well, okay see it's been even longer yeah. since i've seen that one wow but what's funny in that is that he's working through and it's that moment where everybody's quiet and he's working through like oh this clue could mean this which means this but though that'd be rid- ridiculous and he makes a reference of what the clue might mean. And he's like, no, but that'd be ridiculous in that very just manic, insane Nicholas cage vibe. And then pulls it back in again. And they, Disney was smart with giving him his moments. It's yep. like letting off the steam out of the, the kettle when you it's gotta, about to go, you it, know, it's why hockey players fight. Sometimes you got to relieve this, the, the, the pressure. A little yeah, bit. Oh yeah, absolutely. No, fair. I, mean, I, told, I got see, I got to go back and watch that one now. Damn it. <laughs> Damn I it. Rewatch that today before the episode, just to kind of get an idea. Uh, because fair and we might as well kind of get started with this uh, for okay. my real take for those unfamiliar with how we do this just the quick deal is we both have two versions of this movie so four versions total one is the way that we think would work best or at least our 
our best stab at it at how to reboot remake remake you're welcome cycle. hollywood yeah exactly yes. these are gold we're spinning right and then we've got our remix take which is just fucking throwing spaghetti at the wall see what part of it sticks coming up with a weird tonal shift uh just a weird complete right turn on the story just something weird to do with this property done and done and uh so for for mine i'm actually doing a pass the torch uh soft reboot slash sequel Okay. Approach okay. to it. So okay. it is its own new story, but it is definitely a continuation of as well. Um, because same universe, if you will. Same universe, same uh, a couple of the same characters, but they aren't the main characters anymore. Right. Uh, so that's the way that I'm approaching I, it. I almost went, that was kind of the way I was almost well, thinking as well. Well, you mentioned before we started recording that you had considered going kind of a similar way as to which it were Like I'm sequel, going. like Next Generation was kind of, but I, I didn't, I, yeah. I as Nick Cage does, I reeled it in and reeled kind of in. rethought my process. Exactly. And, yeah. so, so you're doing a direct remake? Oh yeah, yeah. Straight okay. up remake. Well then let's get into, uh, what is your approach to a direct remake are you changing the tonal um like aspects of it are you the the best thing i could think of um was to do direct remake obviously that there's the technologies and a few things you would have to update because again this movie is almost 20 years old sure so you you have to update a few things but i i figured sticking with at least the initial premise was a was, was i did a safe run on this one sure um one thing I will say, because we were talking about this because of obviously current events as well of having a big impact, if you will, mm -hmm. we were talking about the whole, like there's was so much more slavery and everything involved. So I'm glad I did go with, I'm, I'm kind of skipping over the main characters for a moment. And this also ties to the original as well. I, I, I love doing that. One of the FBI agents is um, the actor's name is Eric King. He played the main cop in Dexter and the first cop, the black guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, who, the surprise who, motherfucker. Right. Yeah. I made him Sadusky, who was Harvey Keitel's character. Oh, nice. And also, like, I've seen him in some other roles, too, and he's a great actor. Oh, absolutely. But he was also one of the random FBI agents in the in the original also, movie. Also, I kind of like the idea of the, that main officer being a little bit more harder edge because that actor would probably well, play a little bit harder and, and a total like throwback to dexter like there was one part where harvey Keitel does come out of a doorway to nick cage and that would have been prime for him to go surprise, surprise motherfucker. motherfucker yeah so <laughs> i i was thinking that as well um but, but also, i did always consider with like this movie that harvey Keitel, like for being a, like a hardened police detective just doesn't seem to give a fuck about anything, which works for only Harvey Keitel. Oh, absolutely. Nobody it's, else can it, play that, like, kind of like, well, let's see how this plays out. Well, kind and, of and that's why I figured between having a harder edge to this FBI agent who's hunting down who stole the Declaration of Independence, sure. surprise, motherfucker. Yeah. To, and it ties into, it was a part of the thought process, but we talked a little bit about it where, because you find out this character is part of the Masons, but to have a black dude mm -hmm. part of the Masons and know this history and all the weird sure. fucked up slavery shit that happened along with it. Yeah, because that seems to be uh, very over open, openly missing. Uh, from... over Overlooked is very a subtle way of saying it. Yeah, there's about as much conversation about the slavery uh, involved in the forming of this country as there are, I don't know black characters in this movie which are virtually very none. much so yeah you know virtually none. and and i i even almost did kind of go that route as well but i did come across just 
I looked more at the acting, not who they were sure, as yeah, the person. Yeah, yeah. So, but I, I still thought that was a good one, and it tied in perfect to our extra conversation about it as well. Yeah. Because, again, the whole thing of him being a Mason, which means him somewhere along the lines had to break the, the barriers to him becoming a Mason. Is it a legacy lineage thing? So there, there's mm-hmm. more, that, and that's part of where you, you could totally tie it in with the story somewhere. There's plenty of give and take with this story that you can add and subtract sure. as needed. And well, that, that's where I kind of, le- I left it as an open book that way too. the basic concept of this movie is not anything new that we haven't seen before. This right. is the same thing as like an Indiana Jones or a Goonies or yep. others, even a, a newer movie that came out finding, um, oh, it, was, it was like based in Hawaii where they ended up going on this like adventure to find treasure thing. Goonies? I mean, it's basically like a Hawaiian Goonies that's on Netflix. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, finding Ohana or something. I think, I don't know. Uh, I haven't, I haven't seen that one. Okay. It looks very fun. Um, I, we started it and then I think fell asleep. I don't know, but it (laughs) sounds so fun then. Trust me. It wasn't because (laughs) of the movie. It was just pure exhaustion, but fair. Okay. The, the adventure movie where you're looking for treasure with a map, that is not new. That's not, no, you know, I all, mean, all this is is just tying so, in American So history. many tropes that will not go away anytime yeah. soon. So, I mean, and, and that's kind of what my mindset is that, like, anybody listening to this will know plenty of the tropes to get an idea of what's going on. Mm-hmm. There, there's, and like I said, th- this is almost a hard remake where you're basically, I mean, you could almost use same script virtually if mm-hmm. you really wanted to. I, I, I didn't want to... This was not the one where I I just thought it would be cool to do a current update on to the the technology and the stuff that they use. Why they do it is it can be the same, but then th- throw throw a little extra spicy history in there, okay. like just make people think about it a little bit, you know. Well, then let's uh, let's go down your casting list. Let's let's oh yes. get yours handled, and then uh, then I'll talk a little bit about mine. So uh, for Ben Gates, our main character, I thought it would uh, dude. I'm a fan, Jake Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal, okay, yes, because I mean, great actor. Because and honestly, I can see him pulling a little Nick Cage out of there as well. He would probably have a whole lot of fun being able to just go big, right? Yeah. Be- between anywhere from what he's done to Bubble Boy, even <laughs> to um, wow. well, yeah, Bubba, like the first role out of sure. all the things that Jake Gyllenhaal has done. You can talk fucking Nightcrawler. Or fucking like his Academy Award winning. Well, or, I was going to lead up stuff. to that. You're going with fucking Bubble Boy. Bubble Boy, Donnie Darko. Donnie Darko. Nightcrawler, um, even Mysterio mm-hmm. from Spider-Man. Yep. I thought he played a great villain. So in other words, what I'm saying is he's got the chops to pull a little, to kind of go left to right very easily, mm-hmm. you know, on, on the way he's acting. So I thought that was a good choice. Uh and then maybe this is also just one of my favorites where I thought, you know, this is some of my favorite actors anyways. But uh, Abigail Chase, who plays the love interest, the other very smart historian lady. Yep. Uh, Kristen Dunst. Okay. Okay. You know, very very think, practical, and but can get very e if she needs to, which yeah. I think Kristen Dunst has done great in a well, lot of her she roles. she can come off as kind of like the, the hard pushback attitude if need be, which definitely Abigail has that in Absolutely. the original. Yeah, yeah. Um. You're going to love this one. Okay. For Riley. Yeah. Jay Bearshaw. Yay. See, I, I knew you'd be happy Yay, about that Jay. one. Look, we're getting you work. I know. Well, Nothing like a Canadian searching for American history. Shh. <laughs> Actually, if you look at most of these actors. Yeah. <laughs> don't go there. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but I, I mean, he, he plays that great sidekick. He does. You know, where he kind of does that. <laughs> but then 
when push comes to shove, he'll get shit done. Like he's super smart. He knows what to do, but he feels underappreciated half the time because he's Absolutely. not the guy that gets the girl. He's right. the the hero of the story. There you go. Yeah. There you go. All right. Now, um, Ian Howe, who was originally played by Sean Bean, the, the your main villain, if you will, Josh Brolin. Okay. And th- this one, again, when I say modern, we're going a little harder edge. Like, we may have to, maybe not above PG-13, but there's going to be a little bit more harder edge to how the characters act and sure. do a few things. Okay. So, that that was my mindset as well. Because, jo- well, Josh Brolin is just fucking awesome. He's amazing. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, I love him anything he does. Including rad, so <laughs> wow, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, I'll, I'll bring the throwbacks. That's and this fine. is not the first like adventure for treasure movie that he's been in. So, That's you know, again with he's Goonies. Goonies. Yeah, yes, he's a fucking Goonie. It's true. It's true. Um, now Patrick Gates, who was originally played by John Voight, uh, which actually a, f- a funny thing that I noticed about John Voight as well is that unfor- he's the unfortunate father of two misguided adventurers. He was also the fa- he played the father in Laura Croft. Oh, wow. Okay. So that poor guy. Yeah, right. Just between trying to get raped in the woods and then trying to be a father, he's he's been screwed in some of his roles. Yeah, absolutely. So, <laughs> <laughs> but um, J.K. Simmons. J.K. Simmons is great. Yes, because he could do that. Because John Voight, I, I actually really like John Voight as well, but John Voight just did enough of that hard father of, why are you doing this to our family too? Sure. The motherfuckers tied me up. Have some pizza. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so Well, and J.K. Simmons has played both of those modes pretty well. Absolutely. I love how big he's gone as J. Jonah Jameson's in both times he's played him. Right. Uh, him being able to be like the lovable, warm, like father figure in Juno to him mm-hmm. being this like, I mean, nefarious, uh, scary, uh, intense character in Whiplash. Right. So, and all getting his, some of his big start for being a Nazi fucking other dudes in Oz. Correct. Yeah. So, so the dude has done it all. Yeah. So, absolutely. and, and I, he's a fun actor. So I, I, that was a good choice for me. Now a throwback to the original. Speaking of that, there is in the very beginning of the movie, you see the grandfather of Ben Gates, who is uh, John Adams Gates, who was originally played by a uh, Cr- Christopher Plummer. Okay. Uh, so I thought that would be a great cameo for John Voight to do. Okay. Since now it's 20 years later, he can do the new uh, character. And he's only in there for like the first like five minutes of the movie. Sure. So that, that would just be a fun throwback to the original. Okay. Uh, and then, like I said, Eric King uh, from Dexter and everything would play Sadusky, who was Harvey Keitel, the FBI agent, hunting down awesome. Ben Gates. I really like that casting a lot. Yeah, that, that, that one really stuck with me because, well, and... um. One of the other FBI agents who actually I ended up with my other type of um, of redo, I have him as the same role, and he was also one of the original FBI agents who was helping Harvey Keitel in the original. But I'll okay. br- I'll bring that up when we get get into the next mode of things. Yeah. Um. Now I did choose a, a new director, and I was trying to find someone who had some similar work. Okay. So I did find Andrew Davis who was director of The Fugitive, The Guardian, Under Siege, Above the Law. So he's done some of these action... Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, type of, got to fun, you know, fight the bad guys somehow, but not just straight up guns a-blazing type stuff. And obviously, you know, Steven Seagal with two of those. and But The Fugitive, he had, you know, Harrison Ford, a great little thriller... You know, with Tommy Lee Jones and everything. Yeah, yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. But Fugitive, man, that's one of those that that does hold up. 
Right. Not exactly. all those like eighties into like nineties uh, action movies really do hold up that well. But that exactly. one, that one does the, pretty good. Yeah, because that that one you don't even need. There, there's really not even a touch on technology you have to worry about with something like The Fugitive. You know, yeah. other than maybe they had, well, they, they even, for the time, they even still use cell phones just a little bit in those movies, so. Yeah, that's the early days of oh, cell yeah, phones. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, definitely clunky ones, if you will. <laughs> yeah. So, but uh, that, that, that's my hard, like, straight up remake, stick to the storyline, make okay. some politics, you know, make some, a little bit more things, I'll just say make things more prevalent. Yeah. You know, is the best way to do it, but de- definitely a, a harder line to like some of the acting and some of the action that happens sure. with it. So, um, I went in a totally different way with my version. <laughs> um, okay. I thought about you know, there's a lot of conversation right now about what to teach with American history, and Ooh, yeah. unfortunately, a lot of that's been polarized politically one way or the other. Right, kind of what to what to be taught, and also the like pro-America stance has also been polarized in some way where there's either like love it or leave it attitudes or um, love it, but let's make it better. Attitudes. Well, it's, it's pro-America, but only for the good things. Yeah. 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 You know, and you can't talk about the bad. Right. And I was yeah. trying to find a way that, you know, looking at this as a Disney property, this is a Disney version of Indiana Jones, basically, you know, this is oh, yeah. supposed to be very approachable. It's not supposed to be making any kind of like hard line choices. Um, no. So for my, my real take, now that's very different than how I'm going to be approaching my other take of it. But oh, sure, my yeah, real yeah, take yeah. Of it, I thought if you're gonna ham hand American history to people, then make it for kids. Like make it where it's not okay. Not trying to like sugarcoat or rose colored glasses for adults. The, the what's gone through the American yeah, history. Yeah, yeah. Keep it um, a little bit lighter, and maybe not uh, not about subjects that have a complicated history so much as and more about the mysteries uh, of the settlement of america so okay what i decided to go with is that this is a soft reboot slash uh sequel it's a passing of the torch movie okay that this does have uh benjamin gates's and abigail's uh kid who's betsy ross gates Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, nice. yeah. Um, so I just to just to kind of ruin the moment though. So you're doing the Mummy too, the Mummy too. Yeah, yeah. yeah totally. Okay, okay. Um, just making sure. <laughs> sorry, but, sorry. <laughs> because uh, Ben and Abigail are either sometimes together, sometimes separately. Yeah, going around the world for like curated things or for other treasure hunting adventures and stuff. This kid sure. has not had an tr- opportunity to have their parents around a whole lot. Yeah, and especially the dad who's standoffish. Anyway, just the character himself is right. mostly standoffish and has trouble connecting with his emotions, and um, that this kid ends up in a boarding school. Okay. And at the end of National Treasure 2, the Book of Secrets, um, there is uh, the president tells Ben Gates to, when he finds the Book of Secrets, to look at page like 47 or something. Right of, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so this is playing off of that, that this is a long time for, you know, 15 years now after the the second movie yeah he's been actively trying to find more information about this thing what's on page 47 47 and what page 47 ends up being is about the mysteries of the disappearance of the roanoke colony Ooh. and there is and there is actually conversation about there being a massive gold a stockhold um of gold that was part of the the colony. Right. There's there like a, a what was thought was a gold ring that was found in one of the islands. 
that ended up being brass. There's there's a lot. There's so much information about right. Yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah. And I'm not going to get into the the like every step of the, the, the nitty gritty. I didn't get yeah, into yeah. the full like connecting of the dots thing. Oh. I'm just kind of giving the overall idea of the story. Yeah. Nearby, not too far from um from like Kitty Hawk in the area that that the Roanoke Colony is considered to be near, like yeah. in that area, in uh Winston Salem is the what the fourth oldest boarding school, all girls boarding school in the country. It was founded okay. in 1775. Oh. So right before the American Revolution, so right. it being so close to the lost original colony <clears throat> and being one of the oldest uh, places, uh, like uh, schools ever, Yeah, the whole thought is like, boom, that kind of is setting me up for the story on its own. Is, so, is there a team up that's going to happen? There's going to be a little bit of a team up. What's going to happen is uh, Betsy Ross Gates and her friend Winnie are uh, kidnapped by treasure hunters that are trying to use them as collateral to try to convince uh, her parents to okay lead yeah them to the to the, the you did do the mummy too I did kind of yeah <laughs> um, so but along but along the way you know that they get the the parents get words at word out to Riley who's still working with them that yeah. they're going after the kid so Riley goes out to try to rescue them well Riley gets there too late. And ends up getting captured, but luckily, because Betsy Ross, it, the reason she's in a boarding school is because she is impossible to hold down and is, like, too smart for her of good. Course. And is just, like, this spitfire and a half, has, like, all the best and worst characteristics of both of her parents. So she's, like, crazy smart and gets right. into trouble all the time, but also is able to get out of trouble all the time. And There you go. I, I like this. Ends up, just... Yeah, ends up saving the day, ends up saving Riley and, and her friend Winnie. Uh, as they're being like kidnapped, and right? Then, and then uh, Riley's like, "Okay, well, we gotta like get you somewhere safe." And they're like, "No, we've gotta find the treasure before they do. That's the only way that they're gonna release the parents." It belongs we, in a museum. Yeah, you know, when we can use that as collateral to get our parents back, because we can't, we can't get them on our own. We have to have something as a like a bargaining chip, right? So, um, okay. Riley, Riley basically doesn't have a choice in the matter and just ends up being bossed around by this like 15 16 playing year old second girl. fiddle again second to the gates family a child this time being like right. I, i'm not even like able to <laughs> tell a kid what to do in this family and that's good he's there as kind of like the guardian but he's still just the 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 second fiddle yeah right well yeah like he'll like there's definitely gonna be a time where he has to be the adult to the kids sure. but the kids are really pulling the strings on what they're doing and well, and the, the joke that's gonna be and i didn't cast uh, a character because it's going to be kind of a tie-in at the very end is that uh winnie's mom is like a single mom that has her in boarding school because she's like single mom and, and like in a career woman and right ends up like coming in like thanking riley so much for like saving her, her daughter Aww. and stuff and then there's like very clear chemistry as right she makes some like joke about a conspiracy theory thing that riley has written about before and there's this like yeah, because he, he in the second one he wrote the book yeah, and yeah, did yeah. all that. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So there, there's kind of a payoff that he ended up like saving Winnie, and who is now going to be like a, a character that's regularly used. Is kind of um, you're, you're setting up a whole series yeah. of films or even TV show at this point. I would honestly, I could see it a movie that ends up becoming a TV show would be for, the move for, for real. This, yeah. yeah, that's good. That's good. But then basically, uh, the the story goes in a very short cliff notes is is that. Um, they determine that there's actually underground an underground cave system that because of the currents and stuff in that area, right, um, it got covered up over time, 
that that's maybe where the lost colony went, that there was an especially harsh winter so that finding an underground area like a cavern system that they could gotcha. be more protected. That's where the they put all their stuff. They put all their and, stuff yeah. and everything. And then because of like a cave-in or something, they ended up getting trapped down there. Okay. So the, the end result is that they find the lost colony and basically everybody was part of a cave-in and couldn't get out. And they ended up Damn. like starving to death. And then there's all this like golden, like tons of artifacts about the, you know, the first settlers in the States. And right. Oh, the first European settlers in the States. Let's there be clear. you go. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, and so then you have this big reveal as they like go through all the, you know, the stop gaps of people trying to prevent them from finding out the all truth. All the finding stuff. the different clues that get them there. And, well, you know, and you might even have like a thing that there was so much of a pushback at the time and uh, towards Native Americans that a lot of the Native Americans hid some of the uh, signs of where the colony went because they knew they were going to be blamed for it even though they had nothing to do with it. So then Fair, you have like, yes. a, whole, like yes. a little bit of a touch on the really tumultuous relationship between... Again, it's a uh, Disney property, yeah, but... But you, you still can... can at least give a little bit of a nod Right, to it. exactly. No, that's good. That's where it's good. like, it's not out of like any kind of like hatred or anything. It's more like, no, we don't want to get genocided <laughs> yeah, because, but, because yeah. of a cave-in. You know? Exactly. No, it's... Damn, you put mine to shame, dude. <laughs> well, really? I do this... I'm here for every episode. Well, no, so. fair. fair. I, I will say I've, I, I've had a week too, so... No, fair but, enough. No, no worries. I, I I really like expanding on the story. No, and bit. I wish I could have like like I had started going down this path, but then it was just like fuck, you know. Well, um, I I was playing with who would do a good job of like a action kids movie. Yes, but be able to have some like an adult like nuances to it that would maybe play with like. They're the technically problem. 17, 18, but they're playing like a 14, 15 yeah, year old yeah, yeah. something. And, and also you know. the director. Uh, the director I decided to go with a director that has done some of the most amazing like grindhouse style movies of all time but has also done a lot of kids movie stuff as well uh robert rodriguez okay he's done the spy kids movies he did we can be heroes which is yes w weirdly amount a good time like I oh really, no no we've I really seen that one that. yeah we have seen that That's one a really yes. good time but also of course um you know el mariachi mariachi desperado once upon a time at Met from Mexico, dust till dawn dust till dawn yeah yes. like you have the, the huge laundry list of great proof epic, epic movies yes yeah. No, he was Planet Terror. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, My yeah. bad. My bad. But so he's going to be directing. And then the cast list. So, of course, Nicolas Cage and Abigail uh, uh, Chase. Cameos. Yeah, they're, they're, they're in there very little, oh, so that, I didn't bother. Uh, Abigail Chase was Diane Kruger. Diane actually, Kruger, She's yeah. a great actress yeah, as great, well. Yeah, great actress. So they'll be in it minimally. And then, of course, uh, you've got Riley Poole, who Justin uh, Bartha is reprising his role. Yes. But the new characters, and there's only a few is Betsy Ross Gates, and I decided to go with McKenna Grace. If you're unfamiliar with her, she played the younger version of every blonde actress ever in every movie. She's. Was, I want to say I know that name. She was the young Tanya in I, Tanya. She was the young Sabrina in Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. She was the young Captain Marvel in Captain Marvel. Uh, she was in The Handmaid's oh, Tale. Yeah, okay, uh, yeah. She's in Ghostbusters Afterlife that's coming out. Yes, yes. So, incredible actress. And yeah. she's, she's like 15 years old. She, <clears throat> She's... Uh, beautiful blonde young lady that would make sense to be Abigail Chase's daughter. Fair. You yeah. Can absolutely no, see that trance. Like even the, the facial shape is similar. Yeah. So yeah, you can totally see that luckily didn't get her dad's looks. Uh, <laughs> didn't get that big stick forehead. with the smarts, maybe yeah. a little bit of the craziness. So and we're good. Yeah. So, and, and incredible, incredible actress for I mean, her. She age, didn't, so. she didn't inherit the hair plugs. No hair plugs. Okay. Fortunately for her. <laughs> and then her friend Winnie, uh, this is an actress that I've only seen in one property, 
but I was blown away by it. It's an incredibly poignant and and fun and incredibly sad at moments uh, sci-fi film called See You Yesterday. See You Yesterday. It's that, uh, it, it was a Netflix show, and it was based on a short film of the same name that got um, expanded into a full feature, and it's well worth a watch if you haven't seen it. Uh, Eden Duncan Smith is the name of the actress, and she's about the same age, okay. or maybe okay. a little older, but uh, basically she's... Um, you know, a, a young black girl growing up in a, like, not dirt poor, but, you know, like, barely getting by kind of community. Yeah, sure, And sure. her brother ends up getting shot and killed by the police. And she's, like, a science nerd that has been working on um, ideas for a time travel device. And she's, like, mega smart. And oh, so, yeah, yeah, okay, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I, I haven't watched it, but I, I did come across the preview for it the other day. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So she has to try to find a way to, uh, that she only has... She can only get it to go back, I think, seven days from the day that she's in. So she only has a week from like the time that's like the day after her brother dies that she gets to finally work. Right. So she has basically seven days to get the the his, uh, the you know the past to change. Gotcha. Uh, and there's a limited okay. number of tries that she has. And so it's just it's really pointing. It talks about you know police brutality. It talks about right. you know uh, kids in like lower income families you know their access to education and like and it, it talks about yeah you know one wrong move or wrong decision can change the entire trajectory of it, life. it touches There's, on the heavy heavy yeah, points but it's yeah. also very fun at times too it's it's, oh, it's, a, it's a great film that i thoroughly suggest okay and uh eden duncan smith is acting circles around everybody else in that movie i mean it's, awesome it's well acted but she's definitely doing some stuff in that and she plays like a a brainiac without being like that pushing up glasses, like right. stereotype brainiac. So yep. I think that would be a great, um, like counterpoint to, uh, Betsy Ross Gates. She's is, a little bit more grounded. Exactly. Yeah. And so not quite as like, as, as Riley is, of course. Yeah. It's definitely a little more gung ho, but, but, but definitely like Betsy, I don't know. Yeah. Betsy is just <laughs> a, like the look before your leap kind of right. attitude. So they, they balance each other out pretty well. Cool. Um, and then for Riley, of course, is uh, Justin Bartha. Then we've got Simon Gilbert uh, is the main villain. And Gilbert is actually one of the main um, guys that was part of the initial colony. So oh, uh, is the last okay. name of one of the guys. So it's kind of a play that, you know, that there's a lot of history connected to the name. And this is like a, a, a distant, you know, relative. Right, right. That is uh, trying to lay claim to whatever the, you know, the spoils are. Gotcha. Um, so it's 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 the hokey tie-in thing, but sure, you it. but it worked. No, I mean it works. And uh, I really thought it would be so much fun to see Walton Goggins just having a blast. That man thing. can do no wrong, no, he, and he's so much fun in his roles. I love. You, you want to know a role that surprised me with him? The Unicorn, that TV series that he did about being yeah. a widower. Not bad. Really, not a bad. Dude, show. I I well, I mean, it has a great supporting cast sure. to say the least. But him just sort of being like, okay, yeah, he, he he pulled the emotion of losing his wife. Second, he's yeah. sitting there going, so do I just bang another chick or what? Do, yeah, I don't know. Right. What do I do? <laughs> you know, I mean, but he pulls that off for, do, for doing a completely PG show. And it's really nice to actually see him in a role where he's a nice guy that you're rooting for. Because most oh, of the time yeah. he's like the lovable giant piece of shit. 
or transvestite or transvestite that's yes. also lovable <laughs> yeah, exactly yes um but yeah just to have as just like a genuinely nice guy that you're rooting for the whole time there's not right. problematic they still make way. fun of his teeth yeah it's still definitely so, have yeah. to yeah, of course so um that that's the main villain is simon gilbert who's got good call i was gonna that. write henchmen and stuff and i went no you just get some great character actors that are big and beefy to yeah be in there. i mean like actually i did recognize one of the the henchmen from the original ones he he plays a few things apparently he used to be some type of even like wrestler or MMA fighter as well, but he play he's was oh, it the Scottish guy, the Russian guy, oh, the Russian but guy, he's yeah. in that um, but he's uh, the Russian dude from Predators where he has the big minigun and oh, shit. Oh right, yeah. It's the, and you see, and then I thought about, it, I was like, dude, he pops up fucking everywhere. Yeah. So just nice, another cool little tie-in. That's well, gotta be great to just make a living being like the 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 muscle b- backup character Basically. in every movie. Oh yeah, absolutely, <laughs> nice. absolutely. Uh, by the way, if you're hearing any kind of background noise, we are. Recording this during a uh, heavy storm. Yeah, so. it sucks. Yeah, <laughs> it's just, yeah. Only so much soundproofing can do in the for the attic, I guess. Right, uh, basically. But. Yeah. So we've got Walton Goggins as the main villain, and that's kind of where I left it. There's going to be some auxiliary characters tied off, but you have. Yeah, you said the, you didn't do anything for uh, Winnie's mom. You, you said Winnie's you really, mom that she's going to be in there for like two seconds, so it's not really worth the casting. I was I was so, about to say wh- whoever's a good secondary at the time that it's actually filmed or something. Um, I mean, if, if there's an actress that I'm like in fucking love with right now, that would do great. Um, that's a little younger than well, not that much younger than Riley, I guess. Um, Issa Rae. Issa Rae. Issa Rae. She's uh, she's been in a bunch of stuff. There, uh, what's the? She was in a movie with Camille and Johnny Lovebirds that was on uh, Netflix. Um, she's in. I didn't catch that uh, one. What's the name? There's a name of a I think HBO series that she's in that she's really good in. Okay. Uh, she's been in a lot of stuff, but like great actress, very great comedic timing. Um, okay. Okay. Just a warm presence, but no, also fair, can fair I mean, you a, didn't have to throw out a name. Yeah, I was yeah, just curious, you know. it's If I was to just, like, throw one out, though, it's a right, yeah, I, I'd be okay. super okay with that. Fair, fair enough. So that's that's my short casting for my Robert Rodriguez fun, <laughs> uh, like, kids, mm. kid-focused uh, National Treasure Pass the Torch. Uh, no, fair enough. Three, I mean, really. and, and you described a good chunk of Disney movies, so that's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I'm not saying that, like, facetiously or anything. No, no, that's like, that's like almost a template for many oh, Disney, sure. great mean, Disney there movies. Is, there is a formula to these kids' movies where they, you know, and then you could almost write it from there where they get into dire circumstances. The sure. kid uh, ends up, like, biting off more than they can chew. Riley steps in and barely gets them saved. Um, they... Realize, you know, that maybe that there was um, the parents cared about them more than they originally thought because they only saw it from absolutely, yeah. Um, Whatever history, little detail nuggets you can throw in for the clues, you know, yeah, yeah. They they get the the parents lose, the parents help save the day, but it's mostly the kids that did it. Um, The the parents are just like, oh, you're so fucking rad. Like we should take you on this more. Like you, you go on adventures with us. You're a gate, so why wouldn't we expect that you would have that kind of adventurous spirit kind of thing? There you go. And then everybody ends up happy at the end. You know, it's 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 formulaic, but there's a reason why stuff becomes formulaic. It's because with movies like this, it's what you want to see. It's It's, still fun. Yeah, it's still fun. And so you know, if I was looking, I was looking at like remaking this, and we'll we'll get to that. But uh, (laughs) but to approach it to conversations about the the actual building of this country it, it does hit some challenging um hurdles when you're trying to do something that is family friendly and fun right. adventure movie but you're dealing with real things that happened that you know you don't want to just gloss over because it's it's the same conversation with like whitewashing in hollywood uh, for years sure and yeah as it became more and more 
obvious to people that this was not okay is when yeah. people started being like, yeah, we can't do that anymore. And it's the same with American history is that it's, you gotta show the good, the bad, and the ugly. It's it's the same thing that we, we've talked about on Geek Fathers multiple times and even what, what we do in our house is that if there's a poignant enough of a thing happening for that's based in, say, real history, American history, or things that are a talkable subject matter that should be talked about. Sure. We do that. Fortunately, my kids are inquisitive, so they'll ask as well. But we're like, no, 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 finish the movie, and then we'll we'll look this up. We'll talk about this. Yeah. And there are some people will probably argue with him, but there are some harsh realities that uh, Logan more so than Leland, obviously, because of age. Sure. But there are some harsh realities that Logan has learned about, especially this past year, that it's just like, that's the way it is. Mm-hmm. People are mean. Yep. People do things for the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. We don't know why. That's yeah. the only thing we can't answer is why they would do something we so shitty. Guesses, but if if you're not smart about venturing guesses, that's gonna be almost just as bad. Like yeah, exactly assumptions on people. So yeah. yeah. So by doing the uh, the Roanoke Colony, it's avoiding some of that conversation a little bit. So you're able to sure. have that fun, kid-centric adventure movie about American history you, a little bit. However you want to discuss it after the movie, it sure. gives you s- multiple avenues, yeah. if you will. No, fair. That, that's that's a good take on it, man. Very good. So uh, that that is our real takes on, uh, on yes. National Treasure. <laughs> now we get into the fucking weird uh, with our oh, yeah. remix versions. Remix. Remix uh, versions Riddle. of this. We need. Oh. I do need a sound bite from a uh, listener. Yeah, that I can throw in there we, at any point because that sounded really white. It's uh, <laughs> everything I do is sound <laughs> well, really yeah. white. So we've got uh, for our remix. What tone are you looking for here? I actually want kind of wanted to go more of the parody mix, just like those little one-liner jabs at like sure. just making jokes at everybody. Yeah. So, um, and this does tie in because I'm you brought up some stuff initially that I was going to help tie into this as well. So I'm I'm glad you said a few things. Okay. Um. So offhand, I, actually, the Ben Gates for this one was probably the hardest one I had. Sure. But I did um boil down to out of my choices Ryan Quantin, who if you don't know him, he was the brother of Suke from True Blood. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and he's done some other. He's a great actor. He's he's popped up he in some in, movies. Uh, Knights and, of Badass him as well. That's yep, yeah. That was yeah, my yeah, next. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So so. He, Again, he's had a decent range, so I figured uh, give him a little bit of comedy, but still having to be like, and he he can go a little Nick Cage ish, oh, sure. yeah. you know, for a parody movie. Uh, and 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 Knights of Badass, I mean, he can do comedy. I mean, sure. he, he can pull it off. So I figured that would be fun. Um, I did want to bring in an old favorite, just because when you think of parody movies and different stuff, Anna Ferris for the Abigail Chase. Sure, yeah. you know, because yeah. and that's how she got her start and. There's a reason why she was in at least six parody movies, five of them being scary movie. Yeah, right. So, you know, she could do it. She can add the right flavor to it. Uh, Riley Poole, Johnny Knoxville. Wow. I mean, as far as like awkward fucking Right, guy. just the secondhand dude of just like, yep. but why do I got to blah, 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 and just go run and do something stupid? Yeah. Psh- Johnny Knoxville. Johnny Knoxville's really good at going and doing something stupid. He so. is, and and well, he's made a career beyond that as well. Yeah. So, um, I almost brought Sean Bean back as Ian Howe. Yeah. 
uh, for this. Just Sean Bean. Because, I mean, so many great one-liners about, like, I gotta die again. You you know, whatever it could be. But another uh, guy who I thought has done some great, like, random comedy, Pierce Brosnan. Okay. He is surprisingly funny. He is. Like, it was between him and um, Timothy Dalton. Actually, okay. Uh, t- me, also, uh, Timothy Dolan from Hot Fuzz, yeah, 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 was fucking hilarious. There was an interview with Will Ferrell talking about Pierce Brosnan. Okay, that he was Will Ferrell's father in the Eurovision movie. Oh, I haven't watched that yet, but I, I do I know mean, what you're talking really about. A spoiler or anything? No, like, no, no, no. But uh, but I mean, talk about a dude that is aged like a fucking fine wine. No he, shit, he, he's got this hit, white hit. beard, and he looks. I mean, stunning. Him and, and the Brolins, man. Yeah. You know, it's but crazy. He's looking, he looks great in this Eurovision movie. And so Will Ferrell, this is, you know, they're working together. And he's like, here's a dude that is like incredibly charming and incredibly good looking. And, <laughs> and it's like beloved and has like a great career that is very respectable. And Will Ferrell's like, and I'm the funny guy. And here comes Pierce Brosnan being like the most attractive man I've ever met in my entire life. And he's also got incredible comedic timing. And I'm like, fuck, that's the one thing I had. <laughs> and Pierce Brosnan also has that. Nice. So, good call. Uh, so yeah, like, yeah, Pierce yeah. Brosnan totally. So Pierce Brosnan, and like I said, even a good throw up, uh, just because of Hot Fuzz, Timothy Dalton and stuff. That yeah. Talk about the dudes who put in their time and they, they'll do whatever the fuck they want. Sure, now, yeah. And, they, and they'll do it well. Yep. So th- I figured that was a fun one. Um, Patrick Gates, who plays Ben Gates' father. Jeff Goldblum. Oh wow! Yeah, a little, uh, what? little uh, stammering there. We're yeah. gonna do with the you sons of bitches. You did it. <laughs> you you really found did. the national treasure. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so again, this this is I'm just like you think of the wackiest one liners, the wackiest shit you can think of, and that's the type of parody of movie because I'm. It's it's Nick Cage inspired to say, and Nick Cage could even do a, a cameo for all I care for doing something. Sure, but th- but that that was my mindset on this. And um, oh, I'm not done. I saw I saw you about to do something, but uh, so here's why I'm glad we've definitely talked about Indiana Jones. Yeah, because as John Adams Gates, you know the the quick cameo in the beginning of the sure. grandfather, Harrison Ford. That's just rah, rah, yeah. Well, I always think of um. Of course, uh, Ralph, the, Ralph Garman. That, that's my Harrison the, Ford impression. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. But but that's that was my thought process. And then because the Ralph Garman impersonation of Harrison Ford is so awesome. And he's like, Star Wars. Like, Star Wars. Oh, fucking yeah. lightsaber. But, yeah. but, but I thought that would be great just to have Harrison Ford walking through the movie. Want to be any in a Jones motherfucker. You know, and just walking off and being like the grandfather of the senile. Uh, married closer Flockhart. Uh, just <laughs> yeah. grumbling. Basically. And yeah. so I, I thought that would be fun. I'm just basically calling like just popping up in the movie every so often going want to be Indiana Jones motherfucker and, and kind of walking <laughs> off and shit. Just in his bathrobe with a cup of coffee. <laughs> exactly. Just incontinent <laughs> and just pissed off. Yeah. So I, I and I figured that would just be a fun one for Harrison Ford to pull off. <laughs> just crazy. Just to pull in there. Um as Sadusky, the the FBI dude, this is again my other uh pull from the original Mark uh Pellegrino, who okay. is one of the original FBI agents. Um a lot of people probably know him. I know he's done plenty of other stuff, but um he played uh Lucifer in uh Supernatural. Okay. Or played the body that Lucifer embodied sure. for most yeah. of the seasons of Supernatural. I just like that dude's acting. I think he's cool as shit. Sure. So and for him just to 
and he could do funny as well. He's done some funny stuff. So just to, for him to play a, a stupid FBI agent going, I got the problem, motherfucker, you know, whatever it may be. Sure. He could pull it off. Okay. So, nice. and again, that, that's why I say you just think of any, like, like a lot of it is just making fun of like Indiana Jones, you know, it belongs well, in a museum. All the stereotypes of all oh, the like, yeah. gotta find the treasure movies. Sure. And, yeah. and, and you can like the clues are something like totally ridiculous. That's why you have Johnny Knoxville in there to do something stupid. Yeah. You know, just really going on the typical not even tropes, just the typical what you know of these people. Um, and I even pulled a great director that you may be familiar with as well. Uh, I, I even thought David Zucker would be a good one. Okay. Um, he's, he's directed some of the scary movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, Naked Gun 2 and a half. And, uh, but the OG parody movie he directed, and I didn't know this until I looked him up, the Kentucky Fried Movie. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's so him as director. Beautiful. That's a that's an old, uh, solid uh, parody. Movie yeah, right um, because I was looking at directors. I almost pulled one of, one of your buddies there. Um, who was it? I th- I kind of scratched out his name. Oh, Jonathan um, Hensley, who was doing some stuff. But um, he he was the director of your boyfriend and um, the Sorcerer's Apprentice. Oh right, yeah. You know. So, but I was like, and eh, not for a parody. I yeah, don't think fair. so. And I found Zucker, and I was like, oh, that guy. Yeah. Yeah. So you want to talk about pe- giving the people direction to do something really random and funny? That'll do it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, hell yeah. So yeah, just just think just balls to it. the wall. Just balls to the wall. National treasure. Yeah, parody it's, movie. it's Disney money. So do whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> and yeah, perfect. Perfect. Yep. Um, I decided to go really creepy and dark with my take on this one. So Ooh, okay, I decided that if you are going to have a story about the, the American history. Um, you you want to put some twist in it that the original National Treasure did not have, uh, including okay. having the darker elements of American history really shown in full form. Stuff that has been uh, discussed as possibility, but not like actual like facts out there in the world. There's, sure. there's conversations about like Ben Franklin being a serial killer was a thing because like a place that he lived in had bodies in the basement. Yeah, it was very old bodies well and some of his experiments were questionable that aren't really talked about and so you kind of go into some of these old stories about you know there's even uh, there was a horror movie made called the washingtonians about how like some of the founding fathers were cannibals and stuff you you, like oh wow some really so so you're pulling from abraham lincoln vampire hunter no no okay i'm I'm, I'm pulling from from some (laughs) rumors of american history but also like some movies that they've done and stuff but the the basic premise being that uh, ben Gates is, yeah, he's from a line of people that are like, that are history teachers or professors that are right. with American history and a lot of the like conspiracy theory attached to American history. Yeah. Does pull yeah. into like the, uh, the treasure and stuff. And that's where it gets started. But he has a blog. He, he's not like a well-respected member of society or anything. He's sure. like an internet troll blogger. So, so kind type. of same premise to an extent. Yeah. You know, just where... a little bit more of a, like a darker take to it where like he's, mm-hmm. he's just this like kind of, repressed uh like he's not as vibrant as no Nick Cage. not nearly as much yeah um, and and as he digs deeper into this uh conspiracy uh and he finds out that not only is the stuff that he was leaning towards true which is one of those like oh fuck it's true it's actually true it's oh not- well what was that with mel gibson and julia roberts conspiracy theory oh, the, okay the actual movie that, yeah. there you go but but in more so than that there, there's even more to it than what the conspiracy theory was it's even deeper and darker right what, okay what no fair you know? so it, it's more of like a, a like a haunting political horror movie uh okay. is the approach and something okay. that has a great uh, 
eye for atmosphere in a horror movie um, that has like a really creepy pacing and dark like tone to it that I'm in love with. I love a lot of stuff that he's been doing is Mike Flanagan. And if you're unfamiliar, he did uh, Oculus, Hush, Gerald's Game, Haunting of Hill House. Gerald's Game, that was the one um, I was thinking. I knew he did some of the other stuff. Haunting That's of Hill right. House, he did Doctor Sleep. Um, Ooh, yeah, okay, he, he's, okay. He's got a pretty good record for, for horror movies. Uh, okay. And also, he did one of the Ouija movies, which the Ouija movies suck, except for his. He did a prequel movie for Ouija that oh, that's is actually right. really good. So that is, And that's weird to say about any genre, yeah. is that the prequel he was has, better than this right? one of the others. Yeah. yeah. So he's a great director. He has this very like ethereal kind of tone to his, his directing. Cool. Um, so for the cast list, and this is going to be a remake. This isn't the kids. This is right, right. a straight-up remake. So for uh, Ben Franklin Gates... Uh, we're getting Doug Jones, that tall, lanky motherfucker, to be wow. to be Ben Gates, uh, just the kind of like housebound blogger, conspiracy theorist. How are theorist. you, dude? How is he going to do in a role without makeup? Holy shit! Yeah, like he's done some stuff without makeup, but not a lot. So, uh, yeah, so I, I'd be interested to see him. But that also, I mean, he's probably used to when he's acting doing more dramatic like facial expressions and stuff which if you want to do a creepy dude somebody that's I mean, just a yeah. little bit too expressive with his face because he doesn't understand social media No no and he, and he could pull it off it's just these days you think Doug Jones and you're like without a makeup Yeah what? exactly yeah, yeah. that's the role he's But he no in. no I could but the thing is I could see it yeah. that's 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 good that's really and good And then his sidekick Riley Poole will be played by Nicholas Holt Ooh, yeah, okay. Beast from the uh, yeah, from the the prequel X Men movies. That's uh, I like that. And Warboy, Warboy. He was he was what Nux in Fury Road. Oh, that's right. That's yeah, right. Yeah. Um. Then we've got uh, Abigail Chase. Uh, she was in the Haunting of Hill House, I believe. Uh, but also just a hot, creepy girl, a woman that uh would be great in this role. Uh, Eva Green. Okay, I kind of see. I haven't had a chance to watch those series. Just be she was in the the Miss Peregrine School for Pe Peculiar Children. She was Miss Peregrine. Uh, she yes, was, yes. She was in Penny Dreadful. Yeah, uh, Th those are the stuff. things. It, well, everybody referenced House uh, Haunted House on Hill House, uh, house, uh, house Haunting on, of Hill House. Yeah. Right, whatever it is. That's what because that's one of the ones I can't get away with to watch at the right time I'm, with the kids. I'm not sure if she's in that one or not, but she definitely. Maybe I just assumed she was because it seems like she would be in that show. I'm not sure. I mean, but. fair. That's the Netflix one, right? Yeah, yeah, that's the Netflix one. Yeah, see, I those are the one because I I heard about all the little nuances you have to watch with those. Mm -hmm. I can't watch them with the kids. Okay. So I have like, and by the time I try to put on an episode at night, I'm like, you know. So yeah. Okay. Fair. Fair. Uh, for the detective, uh, you want somebody that's kind of doesn't have the creepy tone of everybody else because this is like the detective is almost the reality of the situation right that yeah. you're following the, the, the normal quote yeah, unquote like a lot yeah. of movies have the character that you're supposed to kind of identify with when going into it so you have a perspective in the role right uh famously there was the movie last king of scotland where they invented yeah. a scottish uh journalist that wasn't part of the story didn't didn't exist in the actual right. story just to have an access point for the audience <sighs> to enter into the story of this you know dictator exactly so, yeah um the in this version, the uh, the detective is going to be that access, uh, and fair, and doesn't really matter what your background is. Uh, you can identify with Sam Jackson just because he is this iconic character that has played so many different types of roles over his career, and he's played plenty of cops, detectives, and, and anyways. We're just so familiar with him as an actor that there is an accessibility there 
period. For you sure, know, yeah. That that you're you're comfortable with him in a role that you can right. kind of follow his lead. He is stuff. recognizable to say the least. Yeah, and there's plenty yeah. of people that are like, okay, well, whatever he's doing, I'm in. It's right. It's, it's yeah. It's it's Sam Jackson. There's no so. snakes, please. No snakes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then finally, Ian Howe, uh, the uh, the bad guy. Yeah. Is uh, Ewan McGregor. Ooh. Yeah. I and, mean, he does a pretty good villain. And the the twist of this that happens basically is that um as they get deeper down the rabbit hole of this stuff about the you know the the founding fathers and all the fucking right. dark shit that goes on with it and that you know that dumbwaiter system that they went down in the first one that leads to like yeah. the treasure and stuff is like built by slaves and like like it's pretty clear there's like corpses of slaves down there and it's like it's fucking oh. fucked up and and so, terrible so so you're adding more of the visual true story to a little bit yeah you but, know but also yeah. then you do like the you know you're talking about people that want to ignore the history uh you mcgregor is there for the treasure and doesn't and he's british he doesn't give a fuck about what it does to the united states because he's there for the fucking treasure right um, as far as he's concerned, you guys are the bad guys anyways from all this stuff happening. Yeah. And you know, yeah. The, the flip is going to be from the original movie is that Ben Gates at one point realizes that everything that he believes in, his like mental or, or moral compass has been uh, built on a lie. But instead of wanting to like reframe things in a way so that the country better resembles what it's supposed to be, um, he chooses what a lot of people do is to hide the actual truth of the situation. So he's trying to stop the bad guy, not so they can get the treasure, but to hide the treasure, like that it they can't be found because right. all the secrets of our country will come out along with the treasure. So he ends up for the greater good. For the greater good, yeah. trying to hide oh. the truth of the situation. So your good guy is kind of a bad guy. Becomes the bad guy at wow. the end. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So that's that's my gist. Damn. Apparently my brain has not functioned well this week <laughs> in comparison to what you've got, man. I mean, I mean, I like what I like in my brain. I can picture great stuff, but apparently yeah. I was not able to put it on paper this well, I week. I got a lot more practice with this stuff. I do this every week. So, well, I try to because I, I, I don't like work, but yeah, you know, no, that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. I get that. But yeah, no, I mean, it, it was also, well, my original, and I still would love to do this episode. So keep, keep my name on it. Yeah, like, yeah. I, like, because my first thought, because of just like, some of the stuff going on it was like just phantasm. Oh yeah, and you know what? As, as, but I mean, Halloween season's only a few months away, right? So. You know, so so keep me on mark for that. But but you were right where, you know, National Treasure is good because by the time you know we're this is basically Fourth of July weekend is yeah, what yeah. we're going into right now. So it, it it was proper, yeah, to do this for sure. So and uh, yeah, we have a couple ideas from our uh, listeners about what we wanted to incorporate if we had a choice in the matter into uh, a national treasure remake or reimagining or sequel. Okay. Um, we've got some other film properties that were suggested to mash up and see what we would do. Absolutely. And from so, what I, what I heard so far, it's pretty good. Yeah. We've got some really yeah. good ones here. We've got some like what the fucks as well. But uh, the first one is Mike Reiser, our, our buddy. Uh, oh, asked Mike. Us, in proper form and makes sense uh, in all with, caps with, the, with actor in all caps uh, Mandy is also starring Nicholas Cage so Nicholas Cage can Nicholas Cage while he does a Nicholas Cage I mean I wouldn't mind a chainsaw fight in a in a New York like ch like ancient church uh, over like a giant pile of gold 
I mean, Ben Gates, played by Nick Cage, running through some government hallway with a giant silver axe going, I need the Declaration of Independence. Right. I, I, yeah. In justice I, underwear and a tiger shirt. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. I'm into it. Yeah. I'm I so mean, done. It. Done and done. And then you just get, it's the same plot as uh, National Treasure, but he just gets more and more unhinged as he goes. And then... <laughs> Um, yes. Like, I don't know, after he escapes from the, Actually, the aircraft carrier or something. That that just... almost fits pretty well with your th- your horror thriller one, if you think about it. True. That is true. I, I mean... That he just gets, like, fully unhinged and then just starts fully murdering people. Like, fu- like full-on Nick Caging people with a silver... Shoving thumbs eye sockets. Yes. And, uh, yeah. Oh, yes. man. Yeah, definitely. So, good one, Riser. Absolutely. Another <laughs> good one from, from our friend Murphy. We've got The Mummy, which I... Do you know that the uh, the creators of National Treasure did want to avoid anything supernatural in their approach to stuff? But that's what right. I kind of find fun with this is that there's so much room for supernatural like absolutely. Th- there's always ghost stories and different like not horror like what you mentioned or from Mandy, but there are like horror stories about like the ghost and the way people may not have been on the up and up for you know the way they were portrayed in, yeah, yeah. in history, shall we say, is well, probably the general way to put and, it. Granted, that, that wouldn't be a national treasure movie, but if you wanted to fully like mega franchise like everybody's trying to do right now, you could do international treasure. Sure. And then you can do G- Egypt. You can do El Dorado. You can do Atlantis. You can do Hell whatever. yeah. <coughs> That's the TV series that they need. There we go. Exactly. So, yeah. Done. Good one, Murph. So... And we've gotten, I love this, uh, because anytime you incorporate Muppets, I'm on board. Muppet Treasure Island, suggested by Amy Bogart. Of course. And, and yeah, I mean, you can even have that, you know, you've got flashbacks of the Muppets doing Muppet Treasure Island, and then that is like the clues as, as Nicolas Cage is narrating to find the treasure of Treasure Island. The Swedish chef and Nick Cage trying to have a conversation. Oh my God, would be great. Wow. Also, you'd have to have uh, a Muppet as Riley. I mean, Riley would have to be a Muppet, Oh, well, right? it would be, uh, what's his face from the, the, um... What, Scooter? Uh, J- the, from the Jason Siegel one. Oh, the, Walter. The new, Walter. Walter. Walter would, would be, be Riley. Riley, for yes. sure, definitely. Yeah. So, it, it works. Yeah, it's like, I, I never get any respect around here. I'm just doing a, uh, no, I got no respect <laughs> thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, oh, <laughs> but yeah, it, it, really, it, Disney needs to take a, clue that if they just do a remake with Muppets instead of the main you can even have the script the same I'd be be fucking on board with just about anything yeah well because you even said like even like Scooter would make a good Riley as well you're right if you you go OG crew yeah yeah Scooter would be phenomenal as the Riley character yes or you just go fucking bat shit and you just have Beaker as as Riley so it's just well, I mean, well, people would get the joke. Yeah. I mean, then you get Janice uh, from Electric Mayhem to play Abigail Chase. Wow. <laughs> and just all the characters are classic hey, Muppet characters except Nicolas Cage, who would still be acting like he's uh, acting against a regular person. Ian, Ian Howe would be the bald eagle. But yeah, the, the Sam, the Sam, the Volcano. right. So, yeah. so supposed to be the 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 American person. No, I mean it's not like Sean Bean tried to hide an accent in the movie. <laughs> right. But you get what I'm saying. Okay, Ben Gates, show me the next clue to the national right. treasure. Show me where the ring is. I mean the Declaration, the of, Declaration Independence of Independence. Is. Yes, <laughs> I love it. I need this to happen in my life. Fair. Uh, then the 
Adcrodcast, Adcrod RVA, uh, suggested, and I really like this uh, combination here, Constantine. And that goes in with like the mummy where if you sure. add more super- supernatural elements, I would love to see that there was a national treasure, like a Mason thing right. that Ben Gates was going for for the historical properties, but Constantine was going for it for the like the supernatural, the supernatural properties. properties. Yes. And they were like, they weren't, they were opposed of each other, but they weren't actually like good guy or bad guy. They were just like two different sides to the same coin. Right. You know, that they were going after the same artifact, but, and then it ended up having to team up against an Ian Howe or sure. someone that was going to use it for evil that, you know, there's, there's, you know, the guy from Bush whispering in Ian Howe's ear about getting the artifact. Yes. Um, yes. Was it, uh, Gavin, Gavin Rossdale. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, <laughs> correct. Because, like, his music, his acting is. Yeah. Anyways, but there, well, there, there's plenty of of bad guys. If you if you bring in Constantine, there's plenty of bad guys, and even like 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 what you mentioned, there there could be a descendant of somebody as well as one of the sure. bad guys yep. with Ian Howe. That's you know he has a mysterious backer. You know, Ian Howe is supposed to be the rich guy, which is how Ben Gates did yep. a lot of his shit in the movie. So this supernatural evil descendant of some something from what they're trying to find is actually Ian Howe's backer that you don't find really find out about until later in the movie. Ian, who's your backer? And he's like, mm, Satan. <laughs> Would it be Lucifer? Lucifer. Old Scratch is his name. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> I mean, you ever heard of somebody called a Beazelbub? Don't ever look no. at me like that when you say that. Okay. Yeah. Don't don't look, look me in the I eye look directly when you, in your eyes when you say Bill's will bump like that. I look too. I look deeply in your eyes. Too. I don't you know why did. I decided to be that intense. You, we the... we locked for a moment and I was. <laughs> I, I, I I felt weird. Yeah, I have that effect on yes. my uh, on my guests. See, here. it's not it's not the nudity. It's when you look at my eyes. Look in your eyes and yell Bezelbub. Yeah. Right. So uh, that that is our mashups and our four different versions. Great of ideas, guys. Yeah, we Thank got some you. Fun ideas. Uh, on yeah. This and came out right away too. I, I put up the post and people. Yeah, were like, I was hey, about to, yeah. I was about to say it, w- it was some quick responses this evening. So uh, the other one that that Murphy suggested was Chopping Mall, but I don't know what kind of like what 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 fucking um like an I'm, artifact would be in the mall. I'm, I mean, is is the secret chamber guarded by laser shooting robots that were built in the 1700s? Oh, well, I got a quick one actually, and this actually comes from something that happened: is Hobby Lobby got in trouble because they had accidentally or accidentally or just didn't give a fuck imported actual artifacts to sell at their stores. Uh, And they were basically off the gray market. They were not entirely legal. I tend to not say accidentally. Yeah. Yeah. They did it. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. And well, yeah, it, it could be some, not necessarily a mall, but it could be the shopping center or something that they have to infiltrate something for some reason they can't just buy it like they have to break in and then there's the laser robots that right because there's the one real one in the midst of all the fake ones on the shelf or something right you know like they're on sale for a black friday sale so they have extra security and it's the laser robots (laughs) and then sure yeah (laughs) sure i'll have to ask i'll have to ask murphy about that one um but, uh, Please that, tell me your thought process. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, that does leave us with our last little bit before we get out of here, and that's our trailers. So I think I'm going to do my oh, Robert God. Rodriguez uh, version here. Do you have any uh, choices 
in mind? Are you doing your, your fun or your remix? I may have to do the funny one because that's just probably going to give me the best material to use. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, let me cue up the music. Oh, God. This 4th of July, don't get burned. <laughs> Watch Ben Gates as he runs through with Abigail chasing Riley Poole to defeat the evil Ian Howe and reclaim the Declaration of Independence for America. Indiana Jones want to be motherfucker. <laughs> Summer 2021. Yay. Yeah. Yay. I, again, simple and sweet. Like the way I've been honestly, rolling. That is the best way to do these, honestly, because <laughs> I end up doing like some two minute diatribe where I'm like, and then the guy comes in and then he does it. Basically thing. give it away the yeah, movie. Just the whole fucking movie. So, <laughs> so let's see if I do that on this one. So Yay. I'm doing my, uh, Robert Rodriguez key version here. So. All right. Do it. Do uh, it. So here we go. America is a family affair, affair this summer when the daughter of Ben Gates and Abigail Chase, Betsy Ross Gates, throws her hat in the ring as America's top treasure hunter. Meet Betsy Ross. Away at a boarding school at Salem Academy in Winston-Salem, and her and her best friend, Winnie, get kidnapped when, uh, as a bargaining chip against her parents, and, uh, and then, uh, Riley goes to save them, but really, Betsy Ross does the saving. This summer, Betsy Ross finds the lost colony of Roanoke, and away to her parents' heart. Because really, at the end of the day, the real national treasure was the relationships we built along the way. Coming summer 2022. Mine has more effects, so it needs to be a year later uh, than uh, yours. Apparently so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so. Oh, yeah, yeah, the the, the parody effects, you, you just need to kick somebody in the nuts and have Harrison Ford. Yeah, right. Good. <laughs> <laughs> That, so yeah, that's yeah. that's uh, that's our. I our, brought simplicity as I have for this episode. Period. <laughs> I mean, that's well. I mean, the the plot itself is pretty simple. So besides all the like, well, that's why this is the middle name of this person that then shows up on this document, which then is a cipher for this thing, which half of it's fucking made up. I think so. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, you know, it's it's totally one. Of, it's it's Hollywood writing where you use nuggets of like there was a ship called the Charlotte. Yeah. Did it end up in the North Pole? Highly doubt it. Yeah. You did know, it have a special pipe? No, probably yeah, not. Yeah. The, and did the captain was the captain smart enough to hide the pipe and a barrel of gunpowder, hoping someone would find it? Right, and just make sure that he died, protect uh, looking like he was protecting the barrel. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Right. Yes, yes, yes right. Hmm. So. Um, so these are our, our ideas for a national treasure uh, remake, re- reimagining sequel. Right. If you have some ideas, we'd love to hear them. If you have some uh, casting choices or some other concepts that you want to run by using this property, please hit us up on the Geeks Under the Influence Network hotline. That's 804-505-4484. That's 804-505-4GUI. Or use the Geeks Under the Influence email, geeksundertheinfluence at gmail.com. Just put Smack My Pitch Up in the title or even a national treasure in the title just so we know what it's relating to. Or uh, hit us up on our social media. All those links are available at GUIPodcast.com. That's also where you can find 
episodes of Geeks Under the Influence, GUI Nights, uh, Deeply Upsetting, and Scotty's show, The Geek Father. The Geek Father. Yay, we have our new logo up. Yeah, new logo looks great. Yes, uh, you still have to click on the old logo, I noticed, to get into the episodes. Yeah, there. I'm trying to get that switch. There's a thing with, with WordPress it's, it's, right it's now. It's funky. Yeah. yeah, no, fair. Yeah, so. Fair. Yeah, but yeah, got the, the new merch, and uh, this summer's been crazy already, but I do yeah. plan on having, I would like to get some more geek father-centric designs out there, hopefully soon, we as have, I've been talking about. We have some and, ideas for the store uh, that are moving forward here pretty soon, so hopefully we're going to Okay, have a I know more. we've had multiple talks, Yeah. so yes. Yeah, so we're, we're yes. going to have some stuff moving here in the not-too-distant future for the uh, for the shop. Oh, yeah. In addition to the, like, near 40 designs we already have available there. Right. So, uh, make sure you check out Public for geek father stuff, smack my pitch-up stuff, GUI network stuff, yes. um, all available, guipodcast.com slash store, or uh, just click on the store link on our homepage. It'll send you right to it so that's about it thank you so much for listening um we'll find you next time on another episode of smack my pitch up thanks to my guest scotty p thank you always a pleasure sir and uh you just got pitch smacked guipodcast.com My name is Amy Bogard. And I'm Mike the Hobbit. And we are the hosts of Deeply Upsetting, where we use our expertise to answer your most upsetting hypothetical quandaries, such as what non-wigged animal deserves wings? And what body part deserves a secret mouth? Which cryptid is the worst roommate? These questions and more that plague you will be answered on Deeply Upsetting, available anywhere you get your podcasts and at GUIPodcast.com. Hey guys, Scotty Big Daddy Preston here, that's right, the Geek Father, asking you to join me here every other week with friends and family of the GUI Network as we go through all the trials and tribulations of being a geeky parent. So remember, join us or cry.